0: Welcome to Doctor Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I am your host, Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters and Master Horcaster, Dragon Rider, and of course, Major Death. <laughs> it's always so fun Yay. to do. <laughs>
1: you do it so well i've tried it yes. a couple of times that you were out and i just cannot
0: do it <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun to just make a silly voice so all right um been a crazy week so let's just hop into the poll question what did we have last week mage
2: so we did our first impressions of the post, uh post balance patch and we asked you, which of the buffed classes were you most excited to try post-Balance Patch? We had 20 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with 45% of the vote, Demon Hunter was the, was the preferred choice of the four buffed classes. Rogue came in second with 30% of the vote. Paladin third with 15% of the vote. And Warrior bringing up the rear at 10% of the vote. And it kind of matches actually my latter experience. I feel like I've seen more demon hunters than, than any of the other classes since since the balance patch. So, so so it does feel like people are actually um, trying trying out that class and trying to get it to work, e- even though I know Dragon Rider, you weren't having much success with it uh, in the in the early days of the of the balance patch.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting, actually, because I, I don't feel like I've had that same experience. Like, I think the first day after the changes, I was seeing a ton of Rogue. Uh, The first, like, okay. two days, maybe. And uh, some Demon Hunters. But the last, like, two days, I've seen, like, no Demon Hunter. And I've started seeing Warriors,
2: Warriors, good grief! <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: yes. Uh, I think Funky Monkey. Uh, I saw it on his Twitter earlier. He was saying that he has like one of the lists that he put out. Um, now has gathered over a thousand games from other people playing it on HS Replay, and it has. It's like the only positive win warrior deck on hs replay right now (laughs) but i've started seeing it i think uh, i don't have my stats pulled up right now but i saw several i want to say three or four warriors just in my play today so interesting I, i like i'm glad that each of them at least is seeing a little bit of play like people are wanting to try it uh i'm i'm sure we'll probably talk about it just slightly even but people are trying them we'll just we'll yeah. say it that way they may not be performing <laughs> as well as people would have hoped but people are trying them at least and i mean that's you, good in my book
0: <laughs> i've th- when i've seen warrior it feels like i'm getting het- hit with a wet noodle like it is uh less than effective i'm like oh, okay like what are you but, trying to do here
2: the you know, the only thing i will say is you can't really refine a deck if you're not playing the deck in the first place yep, and if you're that's not playing true. warrior at all there is no chance the deck is going to get any level of of refinement uh that, that actually makes sense so um it's interesting i i guess i would have thought we'd see more paladin before we'd see more warrior but um i would have too but yeah, yeah. that's that, that's interesting
0: i have not seen a paladin in i don't know yeah. i don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I think I've seen two like all week. It's like okay. Like one uh I saw one today which I think they did win and I was I was sad, but uh they were playing I think a, a variation of classy paladin but I was playing big spell mage and wow, uh, there you thought go. I was <laughs> yeah, and I was like this is going to be so great. I was like I'm going to play out my uh sorceress switch a spell and then my nine mana rune of the archmage turned into a ten mana rune of the archmage because they had mm-hmm. a ten cost spell in their hand and then I didn't get to do a whole lot for a couple of turns and I was like hmm well that that's sad. That <laughs> so... was always
0: that was always a weird matchup because like unless you yeah. hit some like reoccurring damage like the uh ignite if you don't hit ignite or find ignite somewhere in that matchup sometimes it's really really tough going because they're like yeah we can handle them like these like mid-sized boards we can clear the big dragons but like just recursive damage and like those pings like really go a long way against them so okay so do we want to get into the news Which the news pretty much revolves around the the, the new patch notes and a new currency, runestones, to replace real money purchases for some offers. Uh, Announced today as part of the Battlegrounds announcements that was made Tuesday as we are recording it. It was earlier today. Um, Runestones are extra currency. They won't be replacing anything. Gold will still work the same way it does right now. Runestones can be purchased in the Hearthstone or th- in Hearthstone or through the Battle.net shop with real money. There's no way to earn uh, runestones by playing the game. They'll be used to buy things currently available for real money, like hero skins, battleground boards, etc. The prices of the items are staying the same, just converted to runestones. Some of the more expensive key things, like card packs or expansion pre-orders, can still be purchased with real money. The best comparison is all kinds of gems, diamonds, etc. from mobile games. If you played those in the past, you'll know what we're talking about here. If you play any of the other like trading card games too, like they're very similar to Magic's Currency or Legend of Runeterra. You know, all these other games have this, you know, you you buy their currency with your money, you redeem their currency for in-game things. So it's... Pretty straightforward, um, what they're proposing. So it says, key points, some products like pre purchased bundles, the Hearthstone Tavern Pass, and packs will be able to be purchased with money or rune stones. Um, it appears to be coming as part of patch 24.2 in the coming week. Uh, patch notes on Thursday should confirm if it's coming in the upcoming patch. So this was pretty much the only thing that was like the biggest thing that was coming out of it. Um, did they say how much the, the battle pass or the the pass for Battlegrounds is going to be the season pass or whatever they called it? Any idea? I did not see. I, I didn't I, think I so.
2: I, I did not see anything as far as it. Um can look and see if it was in the document. I know they had like the... The breakdown of like mm-hmm. it's 40 levels and, and all that sort yeah. of thing and and what you could get on the free track versus the pay track. But I don't know if we know how much the, the pay track actually is, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, they they announced some new Battlegrounds heroes that are going to be in there. Eventually, all this stuff for Battlegrounds. This is a Battlegrounds patch that's coming next Tuesday, the 30th but at the same time they also announced this runestones thing which is going to affect constructed players as well.
0: It's going to con- affect everything in the game. So, yeah. Which their the their counterpoint they were trying to make is that they'll be able to s- uh, sell some of the smaller things um separate like a single battle po- or like a single battlegrounds portrait, hero portrait like they're saying you could by that or like an individual emote so like i i am kind of indifferent towards this happening and i mean i'll just be frank everyone kind of has this going when blizzard was like one of the last holdouts so that i mean it just seems to be the way the industry is going so it is what it is and um when it's come to constructed and financial purchases like Team 5 has always done, I feel like, very well by the end user. So, like, I always feel like they've generally tried to make things better. So, I'm not talking about other game modes. We won't name any <laughs> any culprits that might be a little too expensive. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yes. So... I mean, this is the thing everyone's talking about right now, so I I just I would ask that, you know, let's just wait for it to come out and just have an open mind. Like it's, Let's just see what this is going to look like before the
2: sky is falling. <laughs> uh. So, co- a couple things. First, the announcing battleground Season 2 post on the Play Hearthstone website does not tell us how much the battlegrounds season pass is going to be the paid season pass is going to be um so eventually i guess we will find that out probably next tuesday at the latest if it doesn't come out uh before then um i don't like this change i i i, I they're trying to mitigate it a little bit the key point and in fact we said it twice pre-purchase bundles the tavern pass and individual packs can be bought with real money as well but if you're if you're somebody that's into hero portraits the hero portrait bundles or the like the random uh here's a legendary and some packs bundles that we're getting you know almost on a weekly basis those are going to be probably runestone purchases going forward and they're you know, they're saying the runestone is going to be, you know, 100 runestones for a dollar. So they're basically one set a piece. They said they're not changing the price on, on what the, you would expect to pay for, like, a hero portrait or that sort of thing. Um, but having tried to use the battle net balance system, it doesn't really work very well from the standpoint of basically buying a set amount and then trying to use all of that amount for purchases, because you know you get the Blizzard card for twenty dollars, right? You buy a ten dollar portrait, but you're charged tax, so you get eleven fifty. When you go and try and spend on another ten dollar purchase, you can't use it unless you put. More balance in. And like if we get into a situation where the, the the portrait, you know, you get a portrait with some packs for 995 rune stones because that is the exact price it is now for real money. And you can't you have to buy a thousand rune stones because that's the bundle, the, the smallest bundle they're going to have or a bundle that they're going to have that would actually cover your purchase you're effectively paying $10 for it because they're never going to have something you can pay five cents for. And you're going to have to pay and do that a whole bunch of times until you actually get enough that you're going to be able to use those. And it just, it's, it's, and it's one of those things where, yes, it's five cents. It's for one person. It's not that big a deal, but if you think about it across millions of players, it starts to really actually add up. And and like it's I I'm not grabbing my pitchfork, I'm not grabbing my torch, I'm not storming uh, you know, Team Five he- and Blizzard headquarters because of this. But at the same time, I I think it's it's not a good move for players, I don't think. A- at worst it's going to be a side grade. And I could potentially see it being negative for the players overall from a cost standpoint. I hope I'm wrong. I definitely could be wrong. But that that's how it feels right now. And, and, and it is not a feeling that only I am having. It, it's Hearthstone casters. It is other players. It is other content creators. There's a lot of people that are concerned about this because they see the way this works in those other mobile games. It makes it really easy to, you know, they, they, the other games do a really good job of saying, Hey, here's a bundle for a thousand, but the thing you want is 1100 and you have to buy in, in, you know, a thousand increments. Yeah, so you end up, it's, it's stuff like that. Yes. They're saying they're saying the right things right now. Like Celestalon had a tweet talking through all of this, but, it's always the, the, the devil in the details and how it gets implemented and how it keeps going forward. You know, things can change. So I, I, I don't I don't like this. I, I I was actually really happy that Hearthstone is a mobile game, but it wasn't It didn't feel like from a monetization standpoint that it was a mobile game because I've seen how other mobile games monetize and now they're they're slowly but surely making their way to being just like all the other mobile games and I'm a little disappointed by that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see this. I mean, I'm I I think I'm a little bit more reserved than than you are in your feelings and a lot of other people. Um I'm honestly kind of leaning more towards the I think this is going to be a good change, but you know, again, yeah, it's it completely hinges on how they actually implement this. Because if they if they're keeping things the same, now If something in the shop is $9.99, $9.99, and they change it to the even would be $10 to make it the even increments, I think I'm happy with that because I, I do want to avoid that same thing of like the, you know, a random couple of cents here or there that adds up and it makes it super awkward but I don't want them to change it to like, oh, instead of what it would be a thousand, now it's going to be eleven 1, hundred, like you were saying in some other games or something. And those increments will get really weird. So I, I hope that they don't implement that that way. The thing that I think is going to be great is for people who do actually purchase a lot more stuff. I'm kind of guilty of this. I'm kind of a whale. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it as it is. I'm, you know, um, you know, but in terms of purchasing things uh for myself and for other people and doing giveaways i hate the freaking paying tax on every single thing i buy if i can just buy the one purchase of the rune stones and pay the tax once there and then get to actually buy like two portrait bundles or whatever in the shop and only pay the tax yeah. once i'm i'm happy with that because
2: that would be good if you
1: look- yeah, and and I think that's where it's going to impact players like me the most, uh, because like right now, let's look at—I uh, don't have it open, but like like you were saying, for a a five, you know, five dollar purchase, it's actually like six eighty or like seven twenty or something, you know, some odd thing like yeah. that, and it's like, well, so I'm actually paying more. So you can't just say it's five dollars. No, it's not. It's seven dollars twenty cents or whatever. It's six dollars and eighty cents. It's not five dollars. So I'm hoping that that will actually leverage, you know, the the difference. And I do think I mentioned uh, because Alcide brought this up in my stream. I believe you brought this up in my stream earlier, uh, talking about they say they can do more individual things. And I think where that will also impact is like we've been seeing these hero portrait bundles and it's a bundle because it has the hero portrait plus like five, you know, whatever, hunter packs or whatever. Well, for somebody or, like me or, that has the cards.
2: Or even the bundles where there's like three hero portraits yeah. and stuff. Maybe, and like, maybe, maybe this you know, allows them to where, where you can get, you know, for 500 rune stones, you'll be able to get one of the yeah. one of those three that you actually want there there definitely is some ways that this could be advantageous and and they specifically talk to the fact of splitting up and being able to do smaller purchases because they're not you're you're yeah when you're actually using the real money that that's when like when you're dealing with google when you're dealing with apple and stuff they get a cut of that but you know they would only get one cut versus you know so they they don't they wouldn't get it on this smaller purchase necessarily. I mean the the, yeah.
0: the the question you have to ask yourself is not how small of purchases you can make, it's how small of an increment can you purchase, and that's that's where this this is this is like all right. I was trying to be I was trying to be more positive about it and be open to it, but this is I mean. Just look at other mobile games. This is this is classic. Well, we train you to spend our fake currency so it doesn't always register to you that you're spending money. Like yeah. that's that's a thing. That's the thing that why mobile gaming is a a, a thing in an industry is because it can manipulate it can be a manipulative Skinner box. Like that is something that can happen and I'm not saying that's what they're going for, but I mean, the ultimate, like, how these systems always tend to work, and I'm not saying this is, and this is why I am being more reserved, is the points you brought up, is the fact that they will be weird increments, and then you're going to have to spend, like, you're going to have to spend 10 bucks to get that $5 portrait, because they only sell a thousand runestones, is the smallest increment. Like I feel like I mean, that seems to be how like Epic Games works. That's how Riot Games works. Those are like those other free to play games
2: where you where you purchase. But also stuff how in the- Diablo Immortal works, which is another <laughs> blizzard product. So it's you know.
0: I did not play. I do not play Diablo Immortal, but I sure play Valorant and I play a little <laughs> bit of Fortnite here and there. So like I see how these shops work and it's like I'm I'm hoping like I like what what Dragon Rider is describing is really the like they're like they just want to cut out some of the middleman so that they can give you more um content and you can purchase more to the to what you want. Like if you don't need those like I mean that's really one of the reasons why I haven't bought a bunch of hero portraits lately is like do I need five pack I have this entire set like I have every card in standard in my collection right now i don't need to spend another 5 bucks on just packs so it's like yeah i'm going to pass here and i haven't been buying portraits just because like i it's not a bad deal it's just it doesn't apply to me and if they start doing things where like okay well here's a hero portrait for our you know 500 rune stones like okay like i can see that being more appealing so like there is yeah. potential, and I am trying to tap into my being a responsible creator and trying to 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 hold out and just being like, you know what, this let's let's wait for it. We don't have to, like you said, get out the pitchforks. I think it's very very reasonable to be very skeptical of this. So, like, I think that's extremely valid because, uh, I mean, we could look at gaming history and be like, okay, well, I used to buy a game and that was it. But now I have to buy a game and then immediately buy the season pass if I want all the content for the game. Like, there are plenty of games where it's just like, okay, well, we'll give you here's here's the game where you get to start and if you want to spend like if you want to play the game and get everything you it's going to be 80 bucks but you don't have to play any you don't have to pay anything to start the game loop right like but it's like okay but a regular game would have just cost me 60 so like there's a lot of weird trends going on in the gaming industry right now and it's uh yeah
2: the the idea that that They need to do this because or or maybe that we should be okay with them doing it because everybody else is doing it isn't a good reason for me. And I feel like it's the slippery slope that it has gotten us to this point where $50 used to get us a complete game start to finish. But now it is $50 for the game, plus another $20 for a monthly pass, plus, you know, they're $10 in microtransactions, plus, you know, different things like that. Some of that's okay. I, I I'm just as interested in doing some of that stuff as, as any of the rest of you. But like, I, I would love for 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 things not to always just be the same like that.
0: I know. Like I I like to play fighting games, and I like when a fighting game comes out. There is going to be day one DLC basically for like another 30 bucks. So you have to like, I spend 60 bucks on Guilty Gear Strive and then I have to immediately spend another 30 bucks on the season pass. I I think it was like 25, 30 bucks or so it was somewhere in there. It's like 20 to 30. And then when season two starts coming out, I have to drop that again. If I want all the characters to keep up to it and it's no longer just a A sixty dollar game, and like I understand that like the industry is shifting, that the the cost of development and development times we're now we're we're now where our heart our video game development podcast (laughs) (laughs) as we go completely off the rails. Um, but yeah, so I I mean I guess it's just I guess it's just talking about why why there would be hesitation, right? Because it's not just it's not just like a oh okay well why it just feels like the removal of direct cash is like you said like every oh, like everyone else is doing it that does not make it a good reason but that does not I also like to point out that that does not mean that this is going to be a bad thing for Hearthstone. And I think that's where Dragon Rider is coming from which I cut you off like five minutes ago and I'm sorry. I did not I <laughs> no. mean to.
2: Same, sorry.
1: No, you're man. you're fine. You're fine. I I think the the point that I was making was just I'm really just at the point where like I want to see where it's coming from. Because I also remember when they first announced the battle pass, the tavern pass in the first place. And oh lord everybody lost their shit over that <laughs> like everybody this is terrible they monetize oh they're getting rid of these rewards now we're not gonna get money oh they're not getting as much gold and it was just like yes it needed adjustments but they were willing to make those adjustments to the tavern pass and stuff those first couple of times and they made them pretty quickly um you know after feedback and now, I would say if you look at how people earned in-game gold before versus how they earn it now at the Tavern Pass, I don't know anybody who would want to go back to what we had before. No, Maybe there are some people, but I haven't heard anybody say, like, let's go back to the 10 gold capped at 100 gold a day thing. Like, people like the, the Tavern Pass and they like that you're getting extra stuff, the portraits and all that. I'm really just at the point like I want to see how they actually implement this I I I feel like they've done this before and I I it feels like shooting themselves in the foot to me they release just a little bit of info yeah and then everybody loses their minds and now they're gonna release info on Thursday and it's like I really feel like you should either just release all of the information so that people aren't sitting there playing a guessing game going, well, but what about this? And are they going to change this? And like, just release all of the information so that people aren't sitting there speculating on what's, what's going to happen. What's not going to happen. Like just, just give the people the information, um, you know, and then we'd like, we wouldn't be having this whole thing. We would have all of the information from the start and then we could figure this out because I, I don't know I just I have a feeling there's something in in the notes on Thursday that people will be like oh this isn't as as bad as we thought and because they didn't release that info yet now it's either going to seem like they added it in after feedback so people of course they're just going to look at it and say oh well they just added that because everybody got mad. And I, mean, I doubt that's the case because they have these notes and stuff planned like weeks and sometimes months ahead of time. So, I, r- real I quick, real
0: should... quick. I'm not going to interrupt you for long. But if they reacted to feedback, wouldn't that be a good thing? Like, wouldn't you? Isn't that what you'd want? Like, yes. why Some would you be bad it about as, it? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm so, like, I- if it, if they see that the community is reacting generally pretty poorly towards it and then they're like, well, let's take what the community has to mind. Why is that a bad thing?
1: Because <laughs> everything that anybody does is terrible, and it's as soon as anything's announced, it's bring out your pitchforks, be mad, upset. I, we see this every time with with balance changes, but I don't know. I, I'm on the side of this could be bad, but maybe there's some benefits. I just want to get all of the information and I want to see really what they actually intend on doing with this, you know, before something happens. But I I think we have probably talked this topic to death. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens of course, because those additional patch notes and stuff will be coming out this week on Thursday. We won't get to talk about all of that until next week. But it'll be after the patch actually releases next Tuesday on August 30th. So I'm sure we'll have more to share next episode. Um, That was pretty much all the news. So I guess real quick, the tournament stuff. Uh, Last weekend, I forgot to mention this last week, but last weekend, we did have the third week of the Grandmaster's last call. Uh, Here's your your little warning. Uh, So yeah. Week 3 of Grandmasters last call last week Levick was the winner and Levick defeated Habugabu 3 to 2 in the finals with a lineup of Curse in Block, Tempo Rogue, Big Spell Mage and Ramp Druid Curse in Block. I'm so surprised that I haven't seen more of that on ladder yet. Yeah. <laughs> like I was expecting it to be everywhere after that but uh, could just be a deck that was pretty good into the the field. Bunny Hopper and super fake rounded out the top four in that last hero standing so that that could be another reason curse and block might have just been a little bit more uh, powerful in that last hero standing format Um, a couple of notes here all 16 players brought both ramp druid and thief rogue not surprising uh 14 of the 16 players uh, brought mage Which were mighty and judgment were the two that didn't, so kind of interesting and uh, probably not surprising here. Demon Hunter, Paladin, Shaman is the surprising one, and Warrior not brought by anyone, but this was uh, like pretty much immediately after the balance changes, right? So I think they had to submit within two days, yeah, yeah, So. so. Everyone was kind of like, no. And now I think now some people are kind of coming back and be like, hey, Shaman is still okay. It may be like tier two instead of as strong as it was. But um, yeah, the the rest, definitely not surprised. Uh, But that does mean because of this weird kind of wonky four week thing, that was week three. So now it means that the top eights have been finalized, which I believe is happening this coming weekend. Mm hmm uh the twenty sixth through the twenty-eighth here of August. And the players that you will see there competing for their spot in the World Championship happening in December is Bunny Hopper, Blize, Superfake, Habugabu, Levik, possessy Fury Hunter, and uh Zloy Gruzin, which that's like such a stacked <laughs> top eight i feel like oh yeah like. it really
0: is and like so there were other people who did not get in and it's like even more mm-hmm. stacked when you look at that so it's like jesus it's crazy yeah.
1: so of course with that with that coming this weekend just your final reminder that you can watch on youtube again for those uh, couple of packs right two hours We'll get you the first pack. Another two hours gets you that second pack. So, you know, even if you just put it on, mute it or put it on and minimize it, whatever it is, you know, you want those packs, uh, get those. And if you are somebody who wants to put those on a different server, please remember that those just get added. You don't get those as a gift thing. So if you want to have those on like your secondary server, log into your secondary server just every time you go to log in so that you'll just get those on that server and then you can log in onto your main server. <laughs> um, that's something I, I've been trying to do. But uh, yeah, that that final week is going to be coming up this weekend, so we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, do either of you have any thoughts or anything you want to mention in relation to tournaments or that competitive stuff before we move into our main topic?
2: No, I don't, I don't think so um
0: there was uh, it was very interesting this week with last hero standing like a lot of mage sweeps a lot of mage sweeps so and yeah, seeing how good like rogue is very good, especially with that the the miracle rogue they were playing, and like how skill intensive that deck is, like holy cow, it's just like watching. It's like they are playing a different game <laughs> with that deck, so very, very cool to see. If you haven't watched it, I, like, it, at least go back and watch Day 3, but, like, uh it's some very, very good Hearthstone and very fun to watch, so. All, All right.
1: right. Well, I think uh, we'll jump into, like, our main topic here, and... I will say we don't have a super structured, like, uh, you know, normally like we do after certain balance changes or when we're talking about a certain deck. But Mage brought up something that I think we should talk about and talk about the good with it, the bad with it, how people are kind of maneuvering this aspect. And basically, it's revolving around Theotar, <laughs> Uh, So if you don't know, Theotar is the uh, neutral legendary. It's a four mana, three, three that as a battle cry, you basically you get a discover option of your opponent's hand. And then you pick one of those cards. You get a discover option of your hand. You pick one of those cards and those cards switch hands. So you essentially get to steal something from your opponent and potentially give your opponent something bad from your own hand. Um, but really, Mage, you were talking about the fact that you don't have theotar and kind of what you've been doing, like since you don't have that. So, can you just talk about that for a minute and and share your experience?
2: Yeah, I haven't. I didn't pull theatar, which was fine initially because I was like, if you remember, I thought he was at best a tech card wasn't going to see much play isn't a very good card this that and the other thing oh oh how wrong it was i um, turns out he's pretty popular and in fact it feels like in going through and looking at at deck lists whether it be vicious syndicate or looking at hs replay or watching what other content creators are doing theotar is a card that is pretty ubiquitous across almost all of the classes Uh, because because the card is while looking a a bit unassuming on its face it is extremely powerful because it has the potential to kind of upset a game plan whether it be something you know in a more uh tempo standpoint where it just kind of makes things um difficult for the the upcoming turns or something or it can actually steal or negate a win condition uh, you think about the way uh you know druid kind of had to change because they had captured cool tooth mind with to get to get sire denathrius and then you could just use theotar and potentially take the the sire denathrius so it, it it's it's difficult because it's like it's a Card and I'm still getting packs, and so I don't necessarily want to spend the dust to craft the card because I think I could potentially pull it. But at the same time, it's like, well, if I look at all the decks that are being played right now in in standard, like there's very few decks that aren't running theater. You know, it's it's yeah. like implock. It is. You know, Quest Hunter. It is. Uh, you had said Miracle Rogue uh, was a car, was a deck that wasn't necessarily running it. Um, at least post patch, now it doesn't seem like it is. Um, Naga Priest, those sorts of things. Some of those decks, I, I'm missing other cards from. Like I didn't get to play the Shaman deck when it was good because it ran Kale, it ran Kael'thas and Theotar and I didn't have either one of those legendaries. So, like, I could switch the card out. Like, I I could just not put Theotar in the deck. I could put, you know, Okani in there. I could put something else in there. But it feels like if I did that, I'd be going into into the matchups significantly worse uh, than I would if Theotar was in the deck. So I kind of feel like at least right now, I've been just going with decks that don't have Theotar in it, because, because I don't... I I I just ha- haven't crafted the card yet, because I feel like, well, I may be just one legendary away from pulling it. You know, that sort of thing. so Yeah, I get that, and it's just...
0: It feels like such a ubiquitous card that it's kind of like, well, why would I play that deck if I don't have what feels like one of the key cards in the deck, right?
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we, we chatted about this a little bit before we started recording, but like you said, it's, it's everywhere. And there's a couple reasons for that, right? Like, it's pretty severely impacting the meta. It's pretty easy to include. Yes, it's legendary. But if you look at the other factors... It can fit into kind of a variety of decks because it only costs four. It's a neutral, so it can fit into more decks. And even if you don't end up landing a super critical card, you still get a discover option from your opponent's hand, which means you're getting info about three of the cards in their hand. And a lot I've noticed a lot of people are also playing this when there's only three or four cards in the opponent's hand. And if there's only three, that literally means that they just have the whole hand info. Feels pretty bad (laughs) a lot of times, right? And then when, let's say you've built a cool deck to do something like Denathrius, and you're like, oh, this is so cool. Like you mentioned Mage with Druid having to change kind of how they were doing it because Druid was built around a bunch of, token things, dying off to buff up Denathrius, and then the opponent would just kind of wait a little while, then play then play Theotar, and oh, Denathrius gone. Well, now you lose, basically, because you don't actually have a way to win the game. And it's like, well, that kind of means that they don't get to do the thing that they want to do, or even try to do the thing they want to do. And that feels pretty bad. The thing that... I think is kind of interesting about this deck. There's two cards. I only put one in our, in our notes here, but there's two cards that this feels like to me in terms of its effect or what it's, what it's doing. And that is, I guess the pre nerf mind render Alucia and also the aspect of muteness of it, like potentially eating a minion. Now I think Darian, I I don't know if it was now or in our pre discussion, but you mentioned how it it's not just minion-based. Muteness is only a minion, right? So if, if the opponent's hand is just spells or, like, a spell and a hero uh, hero card, Mutinus does nothing. Theotar does. Now, how do you guys feel about Theotar compared to like, the mind-render Lucia before it got nerfed?
2: Uh...
0: It was interesting because, like, I think it just required a little bit more skill and a little bit more, how do I put it, um, intent, because I don't feel, like, Theotar, I feel like you could just throw it out, yellow, and, like, have some pretty favorable results, and Don't think that was ever really the case with Mind Render. Like the reason why Mind Render got um, hit right was because you could do the uh, Shadow Priest was the thing, right? It was just like, okay, I like I empty my hand, I put you in a position where you have to kill me, or you know, you know, the game's over, and then I take your hand and leave you with absolutely nothing so good luck with that so like that was like the reason why it it really ended up being such a problem but and i don't think we have that with um it's just it's just so much easier it feels like it's just so much easier to use and like it just gives you something from your opponent's hand now sometimes sometimes you have to have that hard think of like what do i give him back but um i don't know it just it doesn't feel as hard as it as it should <laughs> for something so, for an effect like that
2: yeah so there so there's two things about Mind render or Lucia. one is it was a priest card only so there was mm-hmm. only one class you were seeing this this card in so like in most matchups if you were if you weren't running against running you know queuing into a priest it was not a card you had to worry about the other thing is lucy was three mana or two mana (laughs) two mana It was two mana at one point when it started uh Mm -hmm. you would then have were limited to you know you'd get their hand but you were limited to the mana that you had to kind of basically use the cards that that they had in their hand before you gave their hand back here you're actually it doesn't it doesn't require you to have the mana for sire denathrius you just take the denathrius and then you can use him later when you actually do have the mana to do it now granted you're gar- you know when you got the entire hand you were guaranteed you could do whatever you wanted but you were limited by the mana that you had so like the fact that you had access to all the cards that were in their hand in some cases was a benefit because you had, you were able to play more than say the three cards that you get shown with a, with a theater discover. And, um, you know, you didn't necessarily have to give them back cards or anything necessarily either, but it was, it was just, I think, I think because it's a neutral card, because it, it doesn't, uh, you know, specifically it can show you any kind of card, in the discover options it just feels and and it doesn't require kind of the idea of i need to figure out and budget mana for it to be able to have it have a big impact means means that the ATAR is a lot easier to use and therefore is a lot more ubiquitous across the meta
1: yeah those are those are some great points. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I just I, I feel like for me that card is kind of like it has those same effects, but I, I feel like the muteness is a little bit more I guess balanced. It's been used and it feels strong, but it costs a lot, the body is weaker, and you know, it's still neutral like Theatar is. But that cost, I think, is the the big thing, especially. Where it's like you can't just kind of jam it early in the game, or holding it like feels a bit worse because especially since it's so restrictive and the fact that it's just a minion whereas Theotar isn't, um, yeah, I, I really feel like maybe something does need to change with Theotar just because it it feels so impactful in the meta. Um, but I kind of want to I kind of want to bring the discussion back around to. Uh, talking about the decks that either include Theotar or don't include it. And, you know, you've said that you've kind of had to to change what you've you've been playing and either not play decks because you don't have Theotar. So you're like, well, I can't play that deck. Um, but I think it's really interesting looking at the couple of decks that we mentioned that aren't running it, right? You, you've been playing some Quest Hunter that's really not running Theotar. The Rogue that we talked about... Um. Oh, gosh. What was the other one? Uh,
2: Implock and Naga Priest. Implock, yes.
1: Yeah, and then Naga Priest. And if you look at the thing that all of those kind of have in common is they are all fairly aggressive. I think maybe Quest Hunter, I, I would say, is probably like the least aggressive, but it still does a lot of burst. Uh, the games tend to go a little bit longer with Quest Hunter than they do with the other decks, But it really feels like those decks, like they have their game plan and their game plan is aggression in some form. And basically it's forcing the decks that are playing Theatar to have answers to what is happening like on the board rather than just stealing from hand. The decks that really suffer against Theatar are, like you said, decks that have that kind of singular card win condition the heroes especially for mage right or something like denathrius um so I, I really feel like we've started to see a little bit more of that kind of surge of those decks especially i feel like the last several days uh like naga priest blessed priest has really started to rise up and i do think that the those decks are because of Theotar (laughs) like I really do I think that the most recent balance patch changed that a little bit but Theotar was something that wasn't hit and like we've already talked about it's being played in multiple decks um and I guess there there was one other thing that I wanted to mention as well is that there is a little bit of ways to play around Theotar in a sense now I heard this especially from Wicked Good Um, during his stream, he was playing Quest Priest, but he multiple times was saying things like, okay, I have to, uh, try to fill my hand as much as possible. I have to be either at nine cards or even at 10 and just, I don't even care about what card I burn because it gives my opponent the lowest chance to find what they want if they play Theotar. It's not even guaranteed because they get that discover option. So they're still going to get to look at three cards, but it decreases the odds that they'll find the thing that they want. And with Quest Priest, and like you were playing Mage uh, Quest Hunter, and I I was playing some Quest Hunter as well, uh, it really makes you have to consider when you are completing your quest and playing your quest reward, right? Because especially for Quest Hunter, I mean, even for Quest Priest, but... If you just complete your quest and leave that quest reward in your hand, and then they Theotar and steal that, that's that's game over. Yeah, that's a no-no. That (laughs) is is a big
2: no-no. Yeah, Yeah. I've had had a situation today where, you know, if you have seven mana and you're one tick away from completing the quest and your only damage-dealing spell is three mana... I'm hero power in passing because I am not going to play that card because as soon as, as soon as you play that and you have four mana left and you're sitting with Tavish in your hand, by gosh, you are going to see you know, a Mutinist, you're going to see a Theotire, you're going to see something and that card's not going to be in your hand. Because the other thing with Quest Hunter specifically is you don't tend to have a ton of cards in hand uh specifically when you're when you're completing the quest a lot of times typically i feel like i have maybe four cards in my hand uh when i when i'm about ready to complete the quest maybe five and if you think about the fact that they're trying to discover one card out of say five or six and they get three chances at it that that's that's a pretty good opportunity that they're going to get the card that they want
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, too, because I think it impacts differently with, uh, like, if you have multiples in your hand. I don't know. Yeah,
2: they'll only, if you have two copies of, say, one spell, they'll only see one, and yeah. then they'll actually see a different card, potentially.
1: Yeah. But, like, so, so like, if
2: you had three cards and two of them they are same, they're only going to see two options.
1: Yep, exactly. So, that a- and I thing. think... That kind of impacts things more too, right? Because if you're playing, let's say a deck like, and I think this is a big reason as well why we're not really seeing a lot of Reno Jackson right now, like Highlander decks. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's a little slow. There's some people that are still trying to get like Reno Priest or Quest Priest to work, but you know, even Wicked was like that deck is just not very good. And and I think honestly that that is a huge reason for it as well, is that. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't allow them to have maybe as much info, but it guarantees that they still are going to see three different things, and that's your only copy of it. So if they steal it, that's it. You know, game game over for that perspective. And it's just, it's like Theotard is just doing so much, And, and it's a decent body. Like, if you play Muteness as a seven mana thing and you get nothing and it's a four for you're like wow that feels real bad but four mana you get to switch some stuff maybe you give them something bad or in some cases you can even give them something and use it to your advantage because that that happens in some of the matchups
2: um i've seen um i've seen players when they're in kind of a more aggressive match, just give them the highest cost card in your hand because they're never good. Yeah. They're never going to play it. Or if they are, it's not going to be for several turns and maybe you can get something to kind of, you know, stem the tide for a little bit. So you have a chance to stabilize and stuff. So it's, 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 it's amazing just how, how, just how well this can work in a lot of different situations
1: okay one like lightning round question real quick before we close this down i am curious especially uh from you mage as your experience but maybe we can all pitch in um how has i know you talked about it a little bit how has this impacted your climb and do you still feel like you can climb with something like quest hunter that you've been working with just maybe thinking about things like not playing the you know, completing the quest, leaving it in your hand the theatar and stuff. But do, do you still feel like you actually have a chance with other decks?
2: I, I mean, I do think I have a chance like when I play decks that don't have theatar. I, th- I think talking about the decks that, uh, like you we were talking about before that aren't using it, I think you have either the decks like Imp Block, like, like Naga Priest that have 30 cards that synergize really well and potentially allow for you to to execute your game plan quickly enough that you don't necessarily have to you, you you're not necessarily if you lose one card you're not necessarily going to just instantly lose the game. You you have redundancy in those decks. You have uh you know ways that you can win even if you lose one one piece of it sometimes it's more difficult obviously and and that but like and and like quest hunter has a lot of cards it's got 40 cards because it's you know you're playing Renathal, and you can you can lose one as long as it's not the quest you know the tavish and so you just play around uh that card and with tavish like you were when you were doing it with mutinous and and it and it's okay The thing i will say is right now it doesn't feel like i have a lot of like choices when it comes to playing decks on on the ladder and so like if i'm not feeling it like if i have a bad day with quest hunter or something like that it doesn't feel like i have a ton of options to go to if i don't unless i craft this card and 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 so like from that standpoint i was telling you earlier i i feel i have a a little bit of ladder anxiety the last couple days because it just i'm not sure if que- like i think quest hunter is good enough to get to legend i'm sure i'm sure it probably is i have experience playing the deck i've gotten to rank two with it i probably could get there but at the same time it's like if if i don't if i need to if if i have a losing streak i'm gonna have, <laughs> i don't know which direction i'm gonna go because I don't have the cards for Naga Priest, I don't feel like um, Zulak necessarily is as good an option now as it maybe was uh, before the balance patch. Um, so it's it feels feels like I don't have a lot of options.
1: Do you have Daring, any, what uh, about you?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I am Can you can you win can you win games without Theatre?
0: I mean, I've I been think, playing I think you can. Yeah, you can. I think, I, I, it's yeah. it's just a very
2: ubiquitous
0: card and some decks like especially now with the 40 card deck, it's a lot easier to 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 roll without it. Or to roll with it is what I'm trying to say. Um and there are some cards like Magister Dawngrass, that is a game-winning card. The Theata- or um, Desire Danathrius, or another win condition. There are a lot of win conditions from hand that you can take, or like board swings you can take. So that's why it's it's so popular. But I mean, like with Quest Hunter, like you can play around that. Like you can not. You can make so make it sure so that. When you complete quest is the turn you're gonna play Brent, or you're gonna play um Tavish so you're not leaving it in your hand. You can play around it and like I I think it's a tech card. I've seen plenty of games. I've been playing Quest Priest mostly, shockingly enough. Um <laughs> and like I have Tavish in there and he rarely is the, the win condition. Like he might be like, I need him in the mirror because my opponent's going to wait for me to complete quest to take Tavish or vice versa. So like Tavish is also a four mana three, three. So it's like, it feels okay for what you're spending on it. So like, I think it's just really easy to put in, but I mean, honestly, I don't think running decks without him is like a deal breaker. Like, Mage, you can run Mage and beat the hell out of someone without Theotar. Like, I feel like Druid can do the same. Does it add something? I'm not going to lie. Yes, it adds something, but I don't think it's the Theotar's the key card to the deck. Like if you don't have Kalethos, I might say go craft craft toss before anything else. But like if you are wanting to play some of those other decks, but like, I I you know Theodar's u- ubiquitous because it's just a good card and it can put you in some good positions. But I don't think it's the um if I don't have this card, this deck doesn't function kind of thing.
2: Well, let, let me ask the lightning round question here real <laughs> fast. Do, first of all, Dragon Rider, do you do? You, what do you think on this question? Do you think you can win games? You d- you don't have to have Theotar to be able to win games. You just have to find the right deck, and and you have to play the decks that don't have it. You have to play them well. You have to play them when you're going up against decks that potentially have Theotar. You have to play with that in mind and play against them correctly, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I would say I do think you can still win games without the Atar, but I would say more than other cards similar to this, I mean, maybe like Mind Render or Lucia, I think you absolutely, whether you are playing it yourself or not, you have to be playing with the Atar from your opponent in mind at basically all times unless they are playing a deck like what we mentioned naga priest is not playing Thetar right quest hunter so if you see one of those like okay it's probably not there but people still could just put it in anyways because it's such a good card if they really wanted to um right. but yeah i think you absolutely still can there's still some decks in the meta that are good without it um so i think this is just kind of a classic uh beat down your opponent and create enough threat where theotar isn't impactful and i will say i will close it out with uh i did this earlier i was playing some beast druid that's another one that's starting to rise up a little bit as well uh beast druid is also not running theotar and i was able to get some early minions somebody played they actually did i think coin theotar or they were going first and so they got to you know, have their turn four before I did. They stole my uh, Pride's Fury. But they took their whole turn to do that and didn't answer my board. Because I applied enough pressure that they couldn't do the theatar and deal with the pressure. So if you're able to do that, keep doing it.
2: So my lightning round question to you to you both is... Part of the reason, the other reason I have not crafted it to this point is because we had a balance patch last week and as ubiquitous as this card was over the first two weeks of the meta, who's to say with a balance patch and with, you know, 22 cards buffed and a few cards nerfed that maybe the card would kind of start to fall out of some lists. Is this a safe, do you think Theotar is a safe craft? Yes. do you think he's going to see see play for the remainder of the of the expansion and and the and presumably into the next expansion
0: unless they nerf him yeah yeah he's fine where he is he will i i'm not saying
2: he's fine but he's good where he is (laughs) he's good good enough enough to see play uh, unless he gets changed and then i you know you get a dust refund at that point anyway so
0: yeah, I, I that's why yep. I, that's why I'm saying it. Right now he's he's very good and if they nerf him, you'll get your money back essentially. So
1: Yeah. Yep. I uh, I pretty much think the same thing. 100%, I think he is an absolute safe craft. You can craft him even when we just had balance changes. Uh the only two cases where I think it's not impactful is if he directly gets nerfed and if the meta becomes so aggressive, like what I was just saying, that the Atar becomes pretty useless. But I don't think that uh, Renathal and additional healing and a lot of the tools that multiple classes have right now, that a super aggressive meta is viable right now either. So, yeah, 100%, I would just say you can go ahead and craft him.
2: There you go. Alright, you want to hit us with this week's poll question, Mage? Alright, yes. Poll question time once again. Um, Balance Patch now has been out for a week. We we asked you last week what, what class were you most interested in trying of the buffed classes. Now we want to know how you're feeling about the meta. So, please... One week in, how are you feeling about the meta now? Is it better than it was before the balance patch? Is it about the same as it was before the balance patch? Or is it worse than it was before the balance patch? Vote, tell us how you think, and we will share the results on next week's show.
0: Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. Email the show at dr3HS at gmail.com. And you can use the discord, or you can join our discord by following our top pin tweet. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm kind of updating some of my branding. So you can find me at alkaline underscore cat k-a-t and you can find me over at twitch TV forge slash daring alkaline right now i am updating i'm getting my graphics updated to reflect the brand update so like once i once i have that done i'll have the uh i'll be able to update the the channel name as well so i'm just keeping it as is for this po- moment in time and when the graphics get updated i'll move forward with that dragon rider where can we find you
1: uh, you can find me on Twitter, DonnieDK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Twitch and YouTube, uh, Dragon Rider DK, Going to start to uh, work on some YouTube stuff again now that I'm uh, kind of a little bit further out from the uh, kind of family stuff that I had going on. Uh, so hopefully you all will check that out. Going to be wor- working towards, pushing towards that 1,000 subs. Uh, got some cool stuff planned there. And uh, I don't know. I'm. I've been seeing a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of cool things going on in gaming. Gamescom is going on right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of like new announcements. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if you guys saw like outline. Right. I thought of you when I saw this, but they uh, announced. Oh gosh, what's it called? Oh, oh, hold on. Uh, Moonbreaker. I was like, I have the window open so <laughs> Uh, they announced a Moonbreaker, which mm-hmm. is like. A miniatures and you can go in and and in-game and like paint your own miniatures and then you play with the miniatures and it's also set in the world uh, created by Brandon Sanderson and they've been working with Brandon Sanderson and I'm like whoa, okay this game looks sweet it comes out early access in like a month so I'm probably going to be checking that out and some other stuff Uh, trying trying a little bit more variety stuff
0: I in one of the other discords I am someone posted a um a combat trailer from Callisto protocol. And I have not got to, like, that is like when we get off this call, I'm booting up that trailer. <laughs> yeah. Dead space was like one of my favorite games of all time. I'm kind of playing through it now again. And uh, the fact that we're getting the like actual spiritual successor by the original team, like it's like, I'm in, I, you had me. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that and yeah. mage where can we find you talking about all the things you're talking
2: about yeah so you can find me talking about Hearthstone D&D comic books I gave my thoughts on She-Hulk and stuff uh over the weekend at Major Death and then uh the Marvel podcast we are jumping to Iron Man 2 this next uh this next week so we took a look at a bunch of comic books dr doom fighting iron man in camelot that was a that was a story a double issue that Mm -hmm. we looked at among other things so if you're interested in that if you're interested in the mcu superheroes that sort of thing please come check out our podcast it is comics over time you can find us on twitter we are at comics over time
0: excellent guys thank you As always, and you've been listening to Doctor Three
2: Boom.